Thank you. Uh, I'd like to thank the foreign press. Uh, this is a huge acknowledgement, not only to me, but to the cast and crew who gave everything they had every day. Welcome to Cruising It, the podcast where we watch and discuss all of Tom Cruise's films in chronological order. I'm your host, Donovan Bruce, and with me as always is Andrew Mount. I don't understand what I'm supposed to say here. <laughs> and Mason Kuznich. What's up, everybody? Drink of the night is Corbell California Champagne Extra Dry. Have you ever had the wine called Josh? I have not. <laughs> it's just called Josh, and it tastes pretty good. Like, we bought it once because we had a friend named Josh, and it was kind of a joke, but then when we drank the wine, we are like, oh, Josh is pretty good. May have to may have to make that one of my uh, drink of the nights. All right. Well, today we have a very special episode where we celebrate reaching the halfway point of this podcast by going over our favorite moments so far. Uh, but first, how are you guys uh, feeling so far? Halfway through, how's uh, net positive, net negative? What, what's that? How you feeling? How you feeling? Um, I don't know. You'd have to qualify that statement a little more for me to definitely give the right answer. Um, just, you know, it's a oh, you know, it's a vague question. Just, you, know, you know, I feel like we've seen a few movies that I hate. A lot of movies that I'm pretty medium on, uh, one or two movies that I loved, and I feel like the second half is going to be a lot more fun for me than the first half was. I feel like we're uh, we're building in quality, especially in you know, especially after the adrenaline rush of a movie that we just watched in Mission Impossible Two. Yeah. Well, you know, as uh, I'm not taking the bait on that. It wasn't bait. I. Uh, Oh, whatever. Well, as, t- as two people who didn't have like a ton of experience with the entirety of Tom Cruise's filmography, I feel like this half is probably the half that had more movies y'all hadn't seen. Any any surprises? Any any ones that you know you were expecting to be really good and kind of fell flat, or vice versa? I mean, I was led down, I think, by it's like risky business. Um, I I want to say Top Gun too, um, but how. I- dare you i just dared uh but no it like i don't, I don't know I, I think i think at the time they were probably a really big deal i mean they were definitely a pretty big deal we yeah. know that but i don't know just seinfeld effect i guess yeah i think that my biggest surprises are that i liked interview with a vampire a lot oh so good um i like legend way more than i thought i would mm-hmm um, Cocktail, maybe one of my least favorite movies of all time, which is <laughs> weird. I really didn't see that one coming. And also The Firm, I thought, was incredibly bad compared to what people think of it. Yeah. So that was a real surprise for me. Especially because, as you can hear on the episode before that, I was super into it. I was real primed for some legal thrillers. I mean, we yeah. had just come off of A Few Good Men, so and then we go into The Firm. It's like, oh, yeah, that was not as good. I, I was also kind of let down by uh, Eyes Wide Shut. I, I think we we talked about this on the episode, but like I don't know, I enjoyed it. But being, I really, I generally really like all the stuff that Kubrick does, and this movie on its own has been hyped up to some degree. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, just not quite what I was uh, expecting. Yeah. yeah, y'all didn't really. Uh, it seemed like y'all liked it better than Risky Business, but I feel like y'all may have been a little disappointed by Jerry Maguire. Yeah, maybe, maybe not you, Mason. Uh, I think you honestly, had it pretty high, but I think Andrew, I think you were a little. Jerry Maguire and Risky, Risky Business for me, they're both considered like really iconic movies, so I mm-hmm. expected to like really enjoy them. Um, and But you know, when I was putting together my top five movies, um, I, I had a hard time coming up with even five. So I think that most of the movies we've, we've watched so far, at best, I've been like pretty medium on them, and they mm-hmm. were both medium movies for me. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I've, I've already seen a good portion of the movies we watched. I think the one I was most surprised on was Born on the Fourth of July, because I really had no idea what to expect about that. I mean, I I knew he was in it, and I never really had that much interest in watching it. It actually turned out to be a pretty, pretty good one. Probably one of his better mm-hmm. better yeah. roles, at least, at least so far, in my opinion. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't as good as Vanilla Sky is probably going to be. Sure. <laughs> Now, I, I will say... Um, uh, I'm Vanilla not gonna... Sky is a very divisive movie. Some people love it. Okay. Some people do not love it. Isn't it a racing movie again? No. No. Vanilla oh. Sky is like a real trippy... Like The sky tastes like vanilla. I don't know. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything about it, but it, it's, it it's is not like a... like a David Lynch movie or something? I don't know if it gets that weird. I don't know. I've only seen it once. I saw it a long time ago. Okay. And I remember at the time I wasn't a huge fan on it, but you know, I've also gotten more into weirder i guess artsy movies i guess i don't even know if you classify that one as artsy but you know we'll see we'll see what my reaction is when we watch it uh for our next episode but yeah yeah and i will say while we're talking about surprises um all the right moves surprisingly i'm not going to defend it as like a great movie in any respect but Mm -hmm. there was i don't know I, i went in with my expectations very low and it definitely exceeded that yeah that and legend were two movies that mm-hmm. I had really low uh, uh, standards for. I think mm-hmm. going in, and then see, they both overperformed for me. See, Tim I, Curry can carry just about anything. I agree with y'all on Legend. I feel like all the right moves was about as bad as I was expecting it to be. I was not a fan of that. I, I, I think I was, if I remember correctly, when we did that episode, I was the coldest on that movie. I think I, y'all, y'all actually found some stuff to enjoy about that movie and i'm like eh, i just wasted two hours of my life so uh, how did you feel the second and third times that we recorded that episode <laughs> uh i wasn't a fan of it i think it, it actually made me hate it more yeah okay. no, that's <laughs> i'm glad that we finally escaped hell yeah yes until i lose all of the stuff we have oh, recorded no. and then Pine every cast erased yeah, all our episodes everything and then i lose everything and we have to start over although lose at that it. point <laughs> although at that point we'd probably just you know not do it again. <laughs> oh, for sure, I would not do it again. Yeah, we just we would have to move on to something else. Yeah, or, or just start in the second half and don't explain it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that'll make about as much sense as to when we move on to other Toms. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, welcome I don't to cruising it, where we're talking about Tom Hanks. Have we <laughs> introduced the premise of this episode yet? Uh, yeah, I, I said it's a. Uh, Special episode where we're reaching halfway point, talking about our favorite moments. It's so, our award show episode. Yeah. <laughs> it is our award yeah, show episode. Are, these, yeah, are we calling we, these the Tommies or the Cruzies? I think we landed on Cruzies. I like Cruzies. Yeah, let's go with Cruzies. Cruzy sounds better. Yeah, so basically this episode, we're going to... But again... we got a lot of different award <laughs> categories. Again, I just want to point out, if we hopefully continue this with Tom Hanks or Tom Holland movies or Tom Sizemore movies or... well. I just Tom I just want to be very movie. I just want to be very clear. The, these Tom these awards aren't named Hardy after movies. Tom Cruise. They're named after Penelope Cruise. Oh, okay, <laughs> oh. that makes sense then. Penelope Cruise canonically is the person who's uh, presenting all of these awards. I, I sure. Yeah, I Penelope Cruise and Terry Cruise are hosting this. I mean, oh God, I wish. I mean, if I mean, if the plan is to go on to more Toms, we could just call it the Tommies, and that way we keep it keep it consistent. Yeah, but then the podcast is called Cruising It. <laughs> but then we do like Cruising It to the Hank or something i don't know <laughs> we can workshop that a little bit we don't have to go with your first idea well that was an idea that came into my head just now so wow really yeah or we could go with the other idea and do all of terry cruz's movies no they're all no, they're, they're, they're pretty yeah, bad I he's mean, great i i Although i shot down could, the cruise we could watch it. sorry to bother you though 
That's a good movie. And Idiocracy. Yeah. And White Chicks. Yeah. Okay, you lost that's me on the last good, one. Yeah, that's not a good movie. White Chicks was a good movie. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of mic sounds on this recording. I hit my mic a lot trying to adjust it. Well, okay, on that note, let's get into the Tommies or Cruzies. I don't think we actually landed on a name. Listener, <laughs> you decide. Wait, okay, fine. <laughs> So for our first category, we have best or craziest stunt. What y'all, uh, what y'all got? Wait, that's our first category? Yes. Well, that's not the order that I had these categories in. I put them in a different order. Fuck. An <laughs> order that I assume makes sense in relation to other award shows? Yeah, you know, where we end with like the acting and then the movies, and then we just have like the little you know, bullshit ones beforehand. Oh, yeah. way, way to sell okay, out cool. to big award. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> let me... Uh, Answer your question with a question. I don't know if you asked a question or not. Um, is having good hair a stunt? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> is this bit a stunt? Yeah. No. <laughs> this bit is the stunt. This is the stunt that I'm pulling. Is it a good stunt? You know, one is thing, it the worst stunt? You know, one thing I'm most excited about with the second half is that every single movie is in, he does stunts, so we yes. won't have to do this bullshit anymore. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, the Mission Impossible lately stunts. Uh, Oh, that yeah. would be hanging on the wire. Pick. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of went more the craziest angle here and picked the uh, Mission Impossible Two stunt where he's rock climbing. Oh, fair right. enough. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good one. Definitely, the, Mission Impossible. I feel like had his best stunts in this. It's what the movies are chunk. for, really. Yeah. Well, um, go ahead. Oh, Sorry, I oh, didn't. No, I, if, if you uh, if you're still if you're still going on yours, no, no, I was I was just gonna say like anytime you have a stunt that terrifies the director who well, I assume is the one who wanted the stunt in the first place, like. Well, I mean, to be fair, John Woo's <laughs> afraid of heights, and I guess he's so afraid of heights that he's afraid of other people at high places. So, is it? This is gonna sound like a bit when I ask this question, but um, is it? Does it count as a stunt if? He didn't actually end up getting to do it. Like, is the fact that he was willing to inject himself with like a, no, he, a neuro poison? I was actually going to cripple him. I was actually yeah. going like, to bring that up as a, like a kind of an honorable mention, like a stunt that could have happened but didn't. Was when he, uh, him, and uh, who was it, Oliver Stone? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, were trying to find a nerve agent to literally paralyze him for born on the fourth of July. Dear God, yeah, that, no, the man is insane. Yes, he is. And, uh, that applies to both of them. Oh, and we haven't even like y'all don't even know. We haven't even got to his crazy stuff yet. That's going to be all in the second half. Each Mission Impossible movie. I feel like the nerve agent is pretty. That's like. That's pretty insane. In terms of like your ratio of like insanity towards like how cool the stunt would be, (laughs) you know, where it's just like, you could just sit in the chair, man. Like this is he's committed. You know, no, no, because like because acting. if he just sits in the chair, if he just sits in the chair, what if he has some like uh, unconscious like tick okay, or something that causes guys... his like foot to move? Or people might know. Yeah. Okay, no. Can okay. you can y'all imagine how insane it would be if Tom Cruise was a method actor in the way that Daniel Day Lewis would be? Like <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis is already insane, but Tom Cruise, I feel like, would take that to a whole other level. Yes. I feel like Tom Cruise like, kind of is like the Daniel Day-Lewis of stunt acting. Like, I feel like if he would have been method acting to the level of Daniel Day-Lewis for Born on the Fourth of July, he would have paralyzed himself. 
he would have have broken his spine (laughs) has daniel day lewis done any movies where he's played a character with paralysis uh yes yes there's a a lot of popular no um there's a lot of (laughs) There was a popular story that went around where he played a he played a paraplegic and he would have people carry him to set because he re- couldn't walk because his character couldn't walk so okay he'd have people carry him to set and he would be on a wheelchair the whole time and apparently is really fucking annoying to work with so probably um, I don't know how much I care about this opinion that I'm about to say <laughs> but it's a thought that I've had so I watched a beautiful day in the neighborhood and I didn't love it but one of the things that I did like about it is that you really wanted to make sure that was like on the recording didn't you yes <laughs> um, the in it Tom Hanks is playing Fred Rogers right he doesn't really uh-huh. look like him. And, you know, there's just, I feel like it's a really popular thing for actors, especially when they're going for Oscars, to, like, have this huge, like, Christian Bale-style, like, physical transformation. And I kind of appreciated that in this movie, they just, like, they didn't really do that, you know? They were just like, no, just, like, try to capture the vibe and just, like, act. You know, just, like, be an actor. Just do that. Well, I feel like Tom Hanks, he may not look like, uh, like Fred Rogers, but, like, just as an actor in general and just, you know, from what I've heard about him being as friendly and wholesome as he is in general i feel like uh you know he's the obvious choice to capture at least that that feeling mm-hmm. yeah all right so uh now that we've done all that i'm going to say my pick for best crazy stunts because oh, yeah. i never actually got around to that and i went a little different y'all both went with mission possible stunts you know just actual stunts or whatever like that i'm gonna go with color of money Oh, I'm gonna go with him learning. He did. He did 90 percent of all of the pull shots. There was like two really insane ones that he was willing to learn, but it would have taken too long, and production was already getting close. So the director's (laughs) like, "Nah, we'll just have this professional pull player do it." No, go watch that movie if you haven't already. Those are some pretty insanely good pull shots, and Tom Cruise actually did all those. I think that was pretty damn impressive. Really is. And I mean, and you know, that's kind of in the same vein of all the cocktail tricks he was doing in cocktail. Like, say what you will about the movie, but you know, the flipping bottles and stuff. It's like that. It's a bad movie. It, okay, that's I, what I'll I, say about the movie. It's a, it's not a good one. But you know, he did all those bottle flips and stuff like that. It's kind of in the same vein. It's not quite as impressive as the pull shots for me, but he did. And I have like no evidence of this, but in Mission Impossible, the he probably learned those sleight of hand oh, tricks he did. that he did. With he did. The... We, we talked about that. Okay. okay. Yeah, he actually cool. did the sleight of hand stuff with the disc and all that stuff. Yeah. No, that's. You know, he learns his those, shit. Those are probably like easy things for him to do because it's not, you know, he's willing to do halo jumps and, you know, paralyze cameramen to do halo jumps. Yeah. <laughs> and paralyze himself. So, you know, learning pull tricks and sleight of hand is probably just, you know, all in a day's work. Sure. Sure. Well, all right. That's our picks for craziest or best stunt. Now Ooh, we're going. Oh, in. actually, before okay. we move on, I do have an honorable mention as well for this category. Um, the truck flip from the Outsiders. Yeah, there you go. I has asked to be obviously one of his earliest, and yeah, he, I think we talked about it in the episode. He was mentored by Swayze, who also famously does a lot of his own stunts or did a lot of his own stunts. Yeah, well, I mean, famous actor Tom Swayze. Uh-huh. Yeah. Patrick Swayze is actually a <laughs> Tom Swayze. Okay, uh, he's he's Thomas actually Patrick Swayze. He's actually a gymnast. Like a trained gymnast, which is, is why he's able to do a lot of that stuff. Oh, so. okay. And that that uh, the the completely unnecessary fence flip he did in the Outsiders. Yes. Oh, it was. So, it, it really. I don't know. They were it, hyped, it hyped for the battle. Yeah, man. they were, and it really it gave me that energy. Like, yeah. Outsiders was great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our next category: uh, best hair, best Tom Cruise hair, Magnolia. 
That's a, that's an opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, l- listen, Magnolia. I I don't know how much we can actually talk about the hair. Obviously, he was growing it out, or he was going to have it grown out for Mission Impossible Two. I'm not sure which he actually grew it out for. I mean, he may have just grown it out for Magnolia and then decided to get. I don't know. I don't know how much. I feel like the hair was more important for his Magnolia character than for Ethan Hunt. Yeah, it really did convey the uh, this guy's kind of a kind of a. Uh, a creep yeah. uh, vibe, especially but, the way he had it styled and everything. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, though. With Mission Impossible, it seemed like for a while, at least a while at least, they were going back and forth between short and long hair. That's true. You know, short hair in one, long hair in two, short hair in three, long hair in four, short hair in five. And then I think he fucked it up with Rogue Nation. But, you know. Yeah. No, didn't he have longer hair in Rogue Nation? It was, a little, it was a little longer, but it wasn't as big as he did for two I'm, and four i'm gonna need him to have counts as long hair i'm gonna need him need him to have waist length and the next time he does long hair oh i have to wait for rock of age to throw that get some hair extensions oh, no. oh. oh um, yeah so i feel bad that you was that your actual pick mm-hmm. okay all right good um i was gonna say i feel bad that you said that and then we all laughed at magnolia because frank tj Mackey is definitely one of mine uh i was put on their mission impossible 2 which is basically the same hair yeah um, then i was put on their interview with the vampire which i understand is probably not his actual it's hair it's a wig yeah <laughs> um, but uh yeah i don't know i like long hair and i like long hair that doesn't necessarily look good but that sure. you are still pulling off somehow. For instance, I like the original Dario Naharis uh, way better <laughs> than the second Dario Naharis because he has long hair that's not good, but he's just rolling with it somehow. No, that's fair. So that's a real, that's a real, that really makes me, you know, you know, that really makes me yeah. warm in my man pants <laughs> <laughs> or whatever I was trying to really gets me going you know i'm going to use that phrase for the rest of my life please do <laughs> that impending well all right on that i i actually had uh, mission impossible 2 as one of my potential picks but since you picked it i'll move on to my next one i'm gonna say legend uh that's the longest hair he's actually had and uh you know it was beautiful mm. it's beautiful lovely mm-hmm. longest hair when he was playing a forest elf or well no he was a human but who no, lived with the forest elves yeah basically yeah no it was pretty great i mean I feel like we're all landing on. I, I guess he needs to grow his hair out more because all three of our picks were. I mean, his his short hair doesn't look bad. It's just it, it looks very generic. Oh, no, I, I looked up a picture. I looked up a picture of him in like every single role we've ever done, just to see his hair is pretty damn good most of the time. Oh, like, absolutely. He's got pretty great hair. You know. I mean, I imagine you would if you have like the kind of money he has at this point. Like, but some actors don't. No, that's true. Yeah, you know, that's true. But like. You know, I mean, not an actor. Obviously, Danny DeVito has great hair. But. Oh, I mean, not an actor, but I mean, Donald Trump has enough money to have better hair than he has. But you know. uh, Donald Trump spends his money on other things. Well, I guess. Like gold plating toilets. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Well, on <laughs> on that note, let's get into our worst hair. Let's see. Uh, also, Magnolia. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. (laughs) You're recognizing the duality of the hair. (laughs) I can respect that. It is. It is. Yin and yang here. It is great in that it it really conveys, it helps convey just how uh, gross the person is. In the way that it's all that it's done up, Um, but it's terrible in that it helps convey how gross of a person. He is, and I don't know. I feel like it works. 
Yeah. Both okay. ways. Um, my worst here is Legend. Oh. <laughs> Which I think is bad. That's all I have to say on that. Oh. That's no, why no. I wasn't offering a lot of opinions when you said that you uh-huh. thought it was his best hair. <laughs> I think it's dumb. Oh. But it looks so like pretty. It's a little too long, and then, <laughs> but like the front part of the hair—not the bangs exactly—but like the front part of the sides is like too short, and I don't know. It's weird. I don't like it. I hate it. All right. Well, my pick for worst hair. Uh, I I will mention these aren't my picks because they aren't his actual hair, but I will mention that uh, born on the Fourth of July, and uh, Andrew's pick for best hair, one of his best hairs, interview yeah. with the vampire, uh, look terrible. He does not look good as a blonde. Orc with curly hair. So, guys, um, we have drastically different hair opinions. <laughs> we re- well, you know what? Mine is actually fairly consistent. So, well, I, I don't know. But uh, no, mine. Wait, but <laughs> your literal your your best one was your worst one. Yes, it's not even consistent within itself. <laughs> it, it's it's called dialectics, sir. Okay. okay. <laughs> Anyways, my pick for his actual worst hair was color of money. Y'all remember his little pompadour poof poof hair no, that he has? I'm See, I'm, yeah, I've got to look it up now, but. Yeah, I've got a yeah. I, I, that wasn't going to be my pick, but then I looked at all those pictures and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that little poof. Little, little keep vamping. I'm still googling. Okay, oh, okay, I mean, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. It's really big. <laughs> I I don't entirely hate it, but I don't love it. I don't think it's Tom Cruise's <laughs> best hair. But I wanted to go ahead and defend that hair and say that if he had that hair today in 2019, people would say, that's a stylish haircut. That would kind of work, yeah. Yeah, that's what people are into these days. Uh, because well, people, people are wrong. Well, people would be uh, imitating their favorite game, which is Fallout. Oh. Nobody likes Fallout. Yeah. No, no, no. What Fair. the fuck are you talking oh, about? You were right. I'm sorry. The other... favorite game, do you mean Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order is the only good game. <laughs> I mean Dark Souls, actually. Yeah, fuck, style your fuck hair Dark like Souls. Dark Souls characters. <laughs> yeah, sell out to corporate money grubbing just like Dark Souls does. What? Sure. I don't know anything about video games. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how about Death Stranding? Let's let's move on. All right, uh, best run. Uh, this order is really confusing me. Let me just scroll all, right, all around my word documents. Up. My uh, my uh, my vote for best run: Endless Love. The, it's oh, okay. mostly because it is like ninety percent of his role. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, he goes from he goes from soccer to shirtless to arson in like in less than a minute, and it's all great. And <laughs> it, the run. run the run is a big part of that. And he's looking pretty good in those shorts. Uh huh. Them jean shorts. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I respect that choice. Thank you. There you go. I think it's the one thing that I would praise endless love on. Uh, what my, you mean the one good scene? Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Uh, I think uh, Mission Impossible 2, that was my choice. There's, I think that just in general, the more action-oriented Mission Impossible movies have his best running. And uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good like slow-motion running with explosions, which <laughs> while I don't think that should form like the emotional core of a movie uh, the way that it often does in John Wood movies, I do feel that it's fun to watch him run in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, before I give my pick, uh, we, we have talked a few times about like why... Tom Cruise running is such a thing. And I think I figured it out. There's a YouTube channel I watch called Corridor Crew. It's a bunch of visual effects guys who do a bunch of uh, videos and stuff like that. And they did a competition between them to see who could be the best Tom Cruise. And one of their thing was running. And I think they kind of hit the nail on the head. When he runs, he's very straight, Mm -hmm. vertical, and usually multitasking while not losing a step. And also when he corners, 
He doesn't corner like a normal person. He turns his body at an almost 45 degree angle around the turn. And I think that's just, yes, kind of, he has such a style of running that it just cinematically gold it's it's pretty great uh but anyways my pick uh first off honorable mention since no i thought one of y'all were gonna pick it um was the run out of the restaurant mission possible one okay uh, the okay, slow motion jump it's through water and, yeah uh that was gonna be my pick but then i remembered uh the run at the end of days of thunder with him and robert <laughs> that's true sprinting and then they stop <laughs> with oh, the yeah. big smile on the face and i don't know that's yeah. that's my like Whenever I think of Days of Thunder, I remember that scene. That is, that is the scene that, that I remember. It's pretty great. Um, a lot of that one I want to add as an honorable mention for me, the um, all the right moves scene where he's running away from the camera and then stopping. And yes. Oh, and my God. I can't believe I forgot about that. <laughs> You're not God, man. Beautiful. <laughs> it's it. Yeah, it's great. All right. Best soundtrack. You know, I I suggested this category. And then the main reason I suggest this category, though, was that we hated the uh, the <laughs> Eyes Wide Shut soundtrack so much. I did just and add in. Bad. I did just add in a new category that y'all can think about a little longer if you want to. Since I just added it, okay. worst soundtrack. Although okay. I feel like we're all oh, going to be okay. in agreement there, but probably so. Um, so I, for for my choice for best, because like I can't really think of any of these that are all that great. I did kind of like most of the Mission Impossible Two soundtrack, but it needs to. I can't pick it as the best because it has Limp Biscuit on it. Hey, that was like uh, the best uh, Limp Biscuit song. I mean, yeah. sure, that, that <laughs> is. Oh, that's okay. That's the, the best diarrhea I've ever had. Fuck you, Donnie. Limp Biscuit's not as bad as you make them out to be. <laughs> anyway, uh, I picked the one that with a song that uh, that regularly gets caught in my head for no fucking reason, and it is All the Right Moves. Making <laughs> all the right moves! God damn it. That's great. Um, well, I have to say, I have thought a lot about this category in the last 30 seconds because I copied the document before you made all these changes, apparently. Um, so the best soundtrack, I remember Legends being pretty dope. Um, but I don't well, remember what one, it yeah. was, so I'm going to have to go with Magnolia slash Interview with a Vampire because I really love the soundtrack on both of those. Yeah, it's both great. Yeah, I want to say, what, Legend, was that Hans Zimmer? I think so. I, I think it was Hans Zimmer. It. I think I I could, it was all instrumental, I know that. Hans um, Zimmer also did something that we... Oh, I think Hans Zimmer was at least did like the initial work on the Eyes Wide Shut one. I think that's why he's come oh, up recently, God. too. Yeah, I hope Bam. not. Bam! <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the whole fucking soundtrack right there. Um, let's see. My best soundtrack, you know what? I'm going to give it to Cocktail. Cocktail had a lot of good songs in it. Yeah, it Kokomo. Aruba, yeah, Kokomo. That was probably the best part of that movie. I mean, there's a lot of good Tom Cruise charismatic scenes within that, yeah. too. But. I'll also give a shout out to, uh, you mentioned the All the Right Moves uh, intro song. That one doesn't really get stuck in my head. The one that gets stuck in my head a lot is Losing It. Okay, I, I, you know what? It, that one's come up a couple times. It, oh, it. It's very down at the borderline. Yes, it yes. is very eighties, and I I enjoy it. It's the best part of that movie. Wow, not even close. Not like there's that's best part. That song. <laughs> I like that movie way more than you guys do. <laughs> I and I do not like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in a similar vein, worst soundtrack. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Uh, you know what? Um, you know, I, di- I didn't actually dislike Ice Wide Shut soundtrack as much as you guys did. I just can't think of another movie that has a worse soundtrack. 
Yeah, I, well, see, I didn't particularly dislike the Eyes Wide Shut soundtrack. I mean, I understand where Andrew's coming from with the single repeated piano notes just over and over again constantly. What about the one with the cult it. chanting in it? That was a great song. <laughs> but so you I'm going to they... go, go with The Firm. I don't really remember The Firm's soundtrack like at all, but yeah. yeah a lot of them were kind of like meh soundtracks. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Eyes Wide Shut, they had some good stuff in it too. Like, yeah, that one piano beat one is pretty bad, but... Um, Your dog farted. It, oh, okay. it smells really bad over here. Listen, yeah. whatever the Orgy King was uh, was chanting, though, oh, that the was... the Orgy King. <laughs> that I was, was just, solid. I was just saying, they had, like, you know, they had, like, that Shostakovich march in it and stuff like that, which yeah. is good. And, but. <laughs> you like Shostakovich? Wow. Oh. Everybody knows that Tchaikovsky is it's where it's It's all about at. Tchaikovsky, bro. Jesus Christ, you fucking moron. <laughs> you absolute <laughs> idiot. I'm a, I'm a pretty bag of Camille Saison. To be, uh, to be I fair, know. I don't know who that is. Hey, you do. Saison uh, is a kind of beer, not a composer. Yeah, are you thinking of Beethoven? <laughs> Anyways, favorite quote. Okay, okay. Sorry, let me just scroll all around my Word document here that bears no resemblance to your Word it's document. It's all right, I, I've got all this. All the changes you made. I, I've got this. Uh, you know what? And it's only because I don't think I've... Oh, I think I did actually add this movie to something later. But... Um, Favorite quote? Why can't you say you like me hat? Tell me you like my hat. You're not wearing a hat. Say it. Say you like my hat. You're not wearing a hat. Say it. Why can't you say it, Shannon? Why can't you say you like my hat? Why can't you say you like my suit? I've earned this. I've... I've done well. <laughs> you don't like my cooking? No. Yeah. Lighthouse no. Line, you haven't seen Lighthouse, but I, I, I really remind me of that scene. I also <laughs> want to give an honorable mention uh, because it just said favorite quote. And so I also have a favorite of uh, people who weren't Tom Cruise, which is uh, from All the Right Moves, Salvucci, uh, Fuck Christmas. Yeah, fuck Christmas, man. It was that was one of the best parts of Christmas. the movie. Just sitting there very seriously. Sucks. I want to quote my favorite non-Tom Cruise one from The Outsiders, but I feel like I might step on Donnie's toes if I do that. Yeah, um, go ahead. It's probably the most repeated Donnie line, which is beer for breakfast too, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, my actual favorite one from Tom Cruise, uh, and I picked this one because it's the one that I've spent the most time looking up on YouTube on my own time, just for my own entertainment, <laughs> is don't worry, I'm not going to do what you all think I'm going to do, which is... Is, you know, flip out. <laughs> well, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm not gonna do what you all think I'm gonna do, which is just flip out. <laughs> you know, when you said you, Great. you when you said you spent the most time looking this one up on YouTube, I wondered for a second if uh, if flexing is a quote. You know, flexing's <laughs> not a quote. <laughs> Poor slider. Uh, I actually had a hard time with this one. He has a lot of he has a lot of really good quotes. You know, he does not not necessarily ones that are humorous. Like I feel like y'all both went the humorous route on mm-hmm. y'all's, but uh, I, I don't know. There's just ones that I just remember. Like you know, I'll hit the brakes and I'll fly right by. I remember that one, and maybe that's just because Top Gun. I've that's I have such a nostalgia for that film because I think that's the first Tom Cruise film I ever heard. So there's just so many lines from Top Gun. You know, this is a target rich environment. You know, when he's in the bar hitting on the women. Stuff like that, like yeah, 
But uh, no, I think the I think the one, I think I, my favorite one. I think I'm gonna go with uh, I didn't shoplift the pooty. I didn't shoplift the pooty. All right. I shoplifted the pooty. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's I a good didn't one. Shoplift the yeah. booty, and while, which, while we're on, which is pretty funny considering the movie that was in, how many yeah. other uh, great quotable moments, and I chose that one. Oh yeah, not show me, show the, me money. the money. Well, but not see, you complete me. me. <laughs> but see, I didn't shoplift the booty. Is not one of those lines that made it into like common like discourse, right? Yeah, everything else has infected Help everything. Me. Help you. <laughs> God, and I, I could feel the lines coming every time. Yeah. It was wild. And, um, but while we're talking about quotes, I just want to remind y'all about a quote from a certain Mission Impossible movie. Uh, it is we from Ethan Hunt. We just rolled up a snowball and tossed it into hell. Now let's see what chance it has. Mission Impossible 2 was not good on dialogue, guys. <laughs> no, it was not. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It was, <laughs> I thought that was pretty solid. It was, it was in, like an attempt to be clever i guess I thought it was but, pretty clever uh, okay all right <laughs> all right all right well there's our favorite quotes now best performance from someone who is not tom cruise i got a whole list guys Y'all yeah i've go got first. three i meant to do a top five but i stopped at three for some reason i did five before i decided to stop because i was going to start adding people from more movies yeah there we go uh my three were ralph macchio from the outsiders uh kirsten dunst in the interview with vampire and uh, Val Kilmer as Iceman from Top Gun. Okay, right. nice. I'm going to second Kirsten Dunst as Claudia from nice. Interview with the Vampire. She was very good. Well, let's make that three for three because that was Hells one of the people yeah, I Kirsten had. Dunst. Nice. Look, she did a great job. Um, I also wanted to put uh, Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man as Raymond. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Oh, Solid yeah, that's performance. right. That's like uh, an Oscar-winning performance, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Julianne Moore as Linda Partridge in Magnolia. Yeah? Yep. Um, and actually, I guess you could may- say mine is a list of six because I included a, cu- uh, a couple, the, the Tidwells from Jerry Maguire, Cuba Gooding Jr. and Regina King. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they were both great in their roles, but I think like the biggest impact was them as a couple. Yeah, in, yeah. In the whole, oh, they were both great. They're both fantastic. That's good. And then uh, to round off my, my list, uh, Tim Curry as Darkness and Legend. I think he carried a lot of that movie. Yeah, it's all true. Right. I love your list. It's a great list. Thanks, well, y'all kind of took all of mine, so yeah. let's see. Let, let me see if I can come up with another one here. Or just uh, say well, what did it you again? have? Let us know what you had. So let's I mean, talk I had I had Cuba Gooding Jr. I had Kirsten Dunst. Uh, I had Julianne Moore from Magnolia as well. Okay, uh, I sorry, bud. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I got you called me lady. Okay, but, like, you don't know my life. Yes, but that's not, you know what? That's not a thing we should have to apologize for. We shouldn't be able to recognize so many great movies. But you know so what? I just thought I just thought movies. of two more that you guys didn't mention. Uh-huh. One, Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men. Okay, yeah, that was good. Very good performance. Probably the best one. role in that movie. I, I would agree with that. I think he yeah. I think he outacted Tom Cruise, which I mean, it's Jack Nicholson. So yeah. you know, yeah. that's no that's. No discredit to Tom Cruise. Jack Nicholson is a really fucking good actor. But uh, also Paul Newman in Color of Money. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, also also fantastic. a fantastic actor. So, you know, those are kind of easy ones. You know, those guys are great. I mean, the, most things are in. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, I could even shout out Robert Duvall in Days of Thunder. Sure. Because I think he that was he, he was probably my favorite character in Days of Thunder. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's the thing with Tom Cruise, too, is there's just so many great 
I mean, we we talked about how he's worked with a lot of great directors, but a lot of great actors too. It's been yeah, he's had a he's had a pretty lucky run in terms of like I know he he said himself how much he learned from working with Paul Newman. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know mean, he he calls out Paul Newman a lot as someone who really shaped his acting. Yeah, um, you throw in Patrick Swayze from The Outsiders too. Yeah, uh, and he I, taught him I, how again, to do a flip. Yeah, he he and. Like we talked about earlier, that's like part of the reason he got into doing a lot of his own stunts. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's had a he's had a pretty good run of pretty good a lot of people who really shaped shaped him into the superstar he is today. So Yeah. And I you know, from what it sounds like he recognizes that. Like he's he's pretty humble about although like he's not one of those people who just thinks that he he just figured it out on his own. Like he credits a lot of people, you know, he credits working with Paul Newman and working with uh um, Dustin Hoffman and mm-hmm. you know all these you know great actors so yeah and uh, while we're on it I guess I do have to say I love you Brad Pitt and I apologize <laughs> but Interview with Vampire not your best film I I love you so I love like everything you do but if yeah. you're listening to this and I assume you are yeah I'm sure Brad Pitt is one of our four listeners yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I send it to at him least until I email our at, episodes to Brad Pitt at least until we criticize him in an interview with the vampire and then yeah that's true I don't remember if this is um, <laughs> if this lines up if this is consistent with my interview with the vampire opinion but uh, while I don't think that Brad Pitt was amazing in that movie I think that he fit the way that they used that role I, pretty I think, well. I think you're right. Not to say that he fit Louis in the books, because it sounded like he really no. clearly didn't. Mm-hmm. But he fit whatever they were trying to do with that Louis, which was like to be a big fucking bummer the whole time. I think you're which, right, but I, I mean, think it was also very clear. To make clear. you sad about being a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I, think, I think it was very obvious, too, though, that he was kind of checked out of the movie. Yeah. yeah. In, in some scenes. It, Just like Louis was checked out of life. Sure. But Literally. It, in some scenes, it was better than others. I really liked all the times he was burning things down. Yeah. He his also, go-to move. Claudia, we have to burn this down and leave. He yeah. also had a great response to a guy walking on the ceiling. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> and I will say, he was kind of a bummer in the book, too, but in a more entertaining way, I guess. Like, yeah. I think that was the whole thing, is Brad Pitt was just kind of flat. Uh, but speaking of that, uh, someone else I just thought of who had a great performance, uh, Stephen Ray in Interview with the Vampire. <laughs> there you go. As the... I can't remember his name right now, but the vampire who danced on the ceiling, the little mime vampire. I thought he, I thought he was great in the few minutes he was in that film. But, uh, anyways, uh, let's move on to worst performance from someone who is not Tom Cruise. Oh, did I do this? My worst performance from someone who isn't oh, Tom I Cruise. I have two on there. Um, the first is the entire movie Endless Love. Oh, I also, I also had <laughs> that. Any, I, anybody I also in had that, that movie other than Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, then my serious one-person pick um, is a person who I normally like in things, but I thought Nicole Kidman was very bad in Eyes Wide Shut. I, I, I don't her. know if that was like writing or like a little bit of <laughs> directing sorry. or like she was going crazy because Kubrick makes you go crazy. I think the but hey at I the end saves her performance. Hey. <laughs> Hey. No, it's just the the acting drunk and high is really bad, and she's not great when she's acting sober either. Yeah, she yeah. she's definitely one maybe she's just I like had. never been drunk or high before, and that's what she thinks I mean, drunk and high people are. Maybe like, can you be married to Tom Cruise and not drink a little bit? Oh, <laughs> slam dunk. But you know, um, and mine was I just have you written uh, toss up. Losing it and endless love. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, I would definitely say that the acting in losing it was better than endless love. I would probably say that, but God, I, 
I, I don't know. I don't I, know. Maybe maybe for what it is. Maybe for what losing it is, the acting's fine. But it's all pretty. <laughs> We've established that I like losing it a lot more than you guys like losing it. That's and I true. respect your hatred of losing it. I think there's a lot of things to hate about that movie. But, I mean, I, I thought, there, at least for me, the performances work pretty well for me. Like, Tom Cruise makes a pretty credible, like, puppy dog love I mean, square. I thought Tom Cruise is credible in that. I, I, I think... Um, Jack Earl Haley was a real credible scumbag. Oh, okay. You know what? You're I actually mean, turning me around on this. I might just end up on the endure, entire movie. I mean, love. John Stockwell wasn't bad Which either, as the jerk who gets thrown in prison and everything. I don't remember that character. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like Spider. I didn't think he was really that convincing in most of what he did. <laughs> Spider Church. <laughs> yeah. Spider Church. Spider Church. They're gonna give him four years. See, I feel like he was probably one of the better actors. I, th- I didn't think Tom Cruise was very good in that one, and I don't blame him for that. I blame I, his I character. I blame his dialogue because yeah, there's nothing helping them out in that movie. Which is which is you know he takes a lot of movies that have questionable dialogue and actually makes them pretty good but you just couldn't do it with that one which is why losing it is yeah yeah well, they didn't give him enough screen time despite him being ostensibly one of the like main characters that you're supposed to be sympathizing with yeah fair enough but yeah i, I, I like the only one i could really think of off the top of my head that was like really bad was nicole kidman and eyes wide shut she really jumped out at me and yeah i agree with y'all uh everybody who wasn't tom cruise in endless love um, especially Martin Hewitt. I'm going to just give an extra shout out to him. Is he like, the main character? Yeah, he was the main guy. Yeah, that I'm going to exempt Brooke Shields from that, though. You, 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 you did fine, and also... I mean, she didn't do good, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It worked for her character. Yeah. Her, her whininess and everything like that, like... I mean, she was really whiny, sh- whiny is a thing a character can be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't think Brooke Shields was the worst actor in that movie by far. I'm right. pretty sure the mom was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, oh, God, that was, yeah. Like the whole scene where she's just watching her child bang an older dude. <laughs> to be fair to that actress, to be fair to that actress, though, how do you act that? <laughs> I was going to say, that might be like a screenplay problem. I mean, maybe, but I'm, I'm going to give her partial blame for that. Fair enough. For not being she like, this isn't it. how a person reacts, she make director. It <laughs> my, my, my problems with the mom character come later, like when he's visiting her apartment and all that. I, yeah. Oh, no. But. There's bad acting in that movie. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Outside of about 58 seconds, right in the middle of the film. Yeah. And also, we can agree, legally, there is murder committed in that movie. So, moving on. Uh, there's arson committed. And murder. Mm. Okay, well, moving on. Uh, let see. Favorite Tom Cruise role? Oh, favorite Tom Cruise role. Uh, this is a little stat for me. Um, I oh, created hey. a whole category out of it where the stats are people who stand out of the movie when they don't have to. There's other roles he's done that are bigger, you know, more iconic, risky business, you know, Top Gun, things like that. But I think that Lestat, he just like really way overperformed what you would have to be in that role and mm-hmm. created just like a really compelling character. See, I actually went a different direction with that. I went with Lestat and uh, oh. I, yeah, I, I just thought he really outperformed in that movie and, you know, just, just for what the role is. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he just went over the top with it. You know, and as usual, we see things really differently. Like we just have really different worldviews, but I just really respect um, how you articulated your worldview. Thank you. And how clean you are. Thank you. So Lestat's great, but uh, <laughs> mine is actually one that I felt I feel like is a very underrated performance because people don't 
give him as much credit as the other actor in this movie. I'm going to say Rain mm. Man. Okay. okay. I, I am under the impression that Tom Cruise probably should have gotten that Oscar nomination over Dustin Hoffman because I feel like his... It wasn't as flashy or showy or as big of a role as Dustin Hoffman's, but I think it required more nuance than Dustin Hoffman's did. You know, I think Tom Cruise excels in roles where he has to do subtle character changes over the course of a film. I think that's something that's hard to do believably, you know, without having like that switch where like, oh, well, why did you suddenly change? Like, he's very good about that subtle. Yeah. Now I'm going to challenge you a little bit on this. Because I also think Dustin Hoffman's role required subtle character change. And and in a way that Dustin Hoffman also did very well. Oh, I'm not saying Dustin Hoffman was bad in this movie, for sure. I just think that because of how showy of a role Dustin Hoffman's is, people forget how good Tom Cruise was in that movie. I've actually heard no, people fair. I've actually heard people say that he wasn't he was bad in that movie, and I just don't understand that at all. Yeah. Like I, he I, I thought he was that. fantastic in that, and I think he while he, you did need some nuance to play the Dustin Hoffman character, I feel like Tom Cruise was a harder role to really pull off. So, well, Donnie, fair. I know that we often disagree on movie opinions, but I just want to let you know that I think that's a stupid opinion and you articulated it poorly. <laughs> oh, I fucking okay. hate you. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. No, you're right. That's good. That's a good thing. And, and point is well taken that often, you know, people equate big acting with good acting. And I think it sometimes can be harder to do the smaller stuff. Yeah, sure. Point. But I mean, like, I'm not saying Dustin Hoffman didn't deserve the Oscar nomination, but I think Tom Cruise equally deserved an Oscar nomination for that role. At I least think, for supporting. Yeah, I think that was one of one of his best roles. Um, I will. You guys mentioned Lestat. That is also up there for me for him because he took a character that mm. should have just been a complete and total asshole that you just hated, and he's just so goddamn charismatic that. Yeah, I mean, Lestat's you the almost hero, like him right? better than Louis, right? Oh, I do. I absolutely yeah. <laughs> do. And in the book, you don't. <laughs> like in the sure. book, he's a complete and total like monster. But I, Tom Cruise just—he's so damn charismatic. But uh, I also get also give a shout out to Born on the Fourth of July um, and Magnolia. You know, for, yeah, for those both, are both, for, both for Tom Cruise. Very good roles. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did a fantastic job in Born on the Fourth of July. Jeez. And honestly, like I, I didn't do a category for best scene. But if I had the penis done, scene. if I had done best scene, I would probably give it to his breakdown in Magnolia when he's talking to his father. Okay, I think that's some of the best acting I've seen him do. So not the penis scene from Born on the Fourth of July. No. Okay. I'm silently <laughs> judging you. Oh. All right then. So moving on. <laughs> All right. Uh, worst Tom Cruise role. Uh, the Firm. Um, so here's my case for <laughs> The Firm. I don't think this is the worst movie we've watched or that he's like extremely bad. But I just think that this role, I don't understand people fucking loving this movie or why this movie made a billion dollars or however much it made. It made a lot of money. But I just think it's like, it's kind of like a nothing of a role. It doesn't really draw any of his strengths out of him. He doesn't have a lot of opportunities to be like really charismatic or like do cool action stuff or any of the stuff that I love about Tom Cruise. There's not like any like fantastic dramatic acting. It just, it feels like a nothing of a role and it feels like you could put, 50 other people in that role and I'd feel about the same. You, you could put fucking John Cusack in that role and I'd feel the same <laughs> about the movie. Sure. Yeah, you could put Harrison Ford there and I'd be like, okay, this is the same movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well then, then Harrison Ford pulls out his blaster and shoots the head of the firm. And he says, Yarg, I'm Indiana Jones, but the pirate version. Yeah. 
what is happening? That's after. What that's a, it's right of now? course after the head of the firm whips out a sword and does some like flashy sword shit. Exactly. It's like you're not gonna bring down this law firm. Yeah. I would I, honestly. That sounds like a better movie already. It does. Um, I wanted that joke just <laughs> meaning to make an Indiana Jones joke, and then I started out by saying Yark. So I guess he's a pirate now. <laughs> pirate Indiana Jones. That is not a movie that I wouldn't watch. <laughs> yeah. No. That sounds good to me. What Indiana Jones gets transported back in time after a fridge gets hit by a nuke maybe and then he's a pirate for a bit mm-hmm. yeah i like it um so my worst tom cruise role and i want to preface this and it's not i didn't pick this because i hate the movie so much but i do think it's losing it and mostly for the same reasons that andrew brought up about the firm where it just feels like a kind of a big nothing of a role yeah mm-hmm. he does what he can with it but it doesn't utilize him well it just it's not i don't know there's not a lot of opportunity for him to make the role good, even. Yeah, there's I not a lot say. of screen time or not a lot of, like, really deep emotional work that he has to do. Yeah. Like, his, you know, that storyline is almost really more about, I want to say Shelley Long. Am I wrong about that? It really is. And even, but, see, even then there's a I problem mean, because, like, they don't give her a whole lot to work with either. They don't. That they really whole storyline is pretty short. They really don't give any of them much to work with in that film. And that's my pick also is losing it. Um I will say, though, in all the movies we've watched, I don't think there's ever been a role Tom Cruise has done that I disliked him in the role, I guess. Like, losing it's probably the closest one, but like we've already said, I feel like that was more the movie than him. I think he did the best he could with a pretty horrendous script, and it, they just didn't give him anything to do. Like, there there wasn't any, like, because, I, like I said, you know, he can take movies that if another actor would have done it, it would have been really bad and he can just, I think he has an ability to pull something out of garbage basically. And I just don't think they gave him any room to work in this one. Like it's such a bland role. He's supposed to be the main character, but I feel like of all the people who are in Mexico with them, he's probably the least important character in that whole thing. Like we spend so much more time with other people. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I feel like Dave is the main character. We get way more time with Dave yeah. than any other no, character, which is really unfortunate. Because Considering of, what his character is after. Yeah. He's trying to date rape somebody the whole time. Yeah. So, um, now go give me some Spanish fly. And yeah, I definitely agree with you on the firm as well as a similar role. I think he had more to do in that one. And I think there were, there was a little bit more that he pulled out of that role than he did with losing it, but it still wasn't. I mean, you and me both fell asleep during that movie. There, yeah. there was, like, <laughs> we did. You know, it's, Maybe the best part I'm the was only when one we paying were attention asleep. to this shit. <laughs> I mean, that, that <laughs> what does that say about the movie when two of the uh, three of us fall asleep while and, watching and, it? And the people who are admittedly way more into movies than I am. So exactly. Like. <laughs> and w- how often were you on like your fucking iPad while you were watching that movie? I mean, relatively often. I, w- I don't want to say it was really that much more often than any other movie. Yeah, but. I felt like I went from like being asleep to being on my phone and like i don't know i was just completely checked out of that film mm-hmm. not ne- not really because of tom cruise it's just that fucking movie yeah but but like the problem that i had with this category too and the reason i kind of wanted to preface it the way i did with saying well i've already said i hate losing it but like this isn't specifically because i hate losing it it might be one of the reasons i hate losing it actually mm-hmm. losing is, it is is that it really doesn't let tom cruise work yeah but like i was trying to think of any other movie this could be and like i don't know even in like the the bad movies tom cruise's character generally usually makes them better endless love 
we've already said many times that's the best scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, cocktail, which I mean, I think is better than Andrew gives it credit for, but terrible movie. We'll talk but, about it. Stay tuned. Sure, <laughs> but like one of the reasons that I think that I think that I actually have some degree of enjoyment in cocktail is it's almost entirely tom cruise right yeah and i mean uh actually i did kind of like coughlin but i like the characters more than i like anything that's actually going on in the in that movie the biggest problem with that movie is definitely the story not necessarily the characters yeah except maybe the female lead she wasn't really but anyways we can get to that i thought um, she I, I thought she also that she actually has one of my favorite scenes in that movie i'm gonna digress a little bit here when she's just bringing out food and repeatedly dumping it on tom cruise i loved it i do remember that. i that loved it fat. uh okay i'm gonna switch up the we've, we've been going best and then worst. So i'm gonna switch it up because i want to end on a, i want to end on a happy note here so now we're gonna fuck you we're gonna go with worst film that we've watched so, so far uh cocktail for me losing it for me i think we've been clear on those things yes my case for cocktail being the worst i think and i'm not you know i'm not saying that like every movie has to like you know conform to like a set of rules about what storytelling is but i do feel like film like like many mediums of art film is like a language and you can experiment with it a little bit but there's still kind of like you know some sort of like conventional rule that you have to that you have to abide by if you're going to like communicate meaning. And I feel like if film is a language, then cocktail is not a sentence. It's just like a bunch of words <laughs> arranged in a way that like sounds like it makes it like, it's like a subreddit simulator post. It's like an AI <laughs> subreddit that, simulator posts sometimes are most of uh, often better than the actual subreddits. So they often sound <laughs> like a correct sentence, you know, like they give you the vibe that they're a complete sentence with meaning, but they're not, they don't, they're not anything like they're kind of like gobbledygook the more that you think about them. And that's what cocktail feels like to me. Like the more I think about cocktail, the less it feels like a movie to me. Like, I feel like it's not telling a coherent story from start to finish. Um, unlike some of these other ones where it's like endless love and losing it, I feel like there's a story there. It's just often like a dumb or problematic story or poorly told story. Mm-hmm. But it it's at least a sentence. So I, I think, like, what makes me want to defend Cocktail on that account is that I think what they were trying to go for, and I may be giving them too much credit, um, I think that... Uh, they're trying to go for something that feels a bit more like what a person's actual life would be or could be in a sense, um, which to, to your point doesn't necessarily work well in terms of a narrative. I think if people made the, made a movie about the life of your average New York bartender, it wouldn't be that great. Yeah. Um, but I think they were just trying to go through like the things that feel disconnected. They were trying to go through like the big transitions that could potentially happen in this person's life as they were trying to make big changes. Um, and so I think I might give it a bit more credit on that on that account than you do. Uh, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Um, I still think it was complete garbage. Okay. Um, I don't <laughs> think that that makes any sense because actually it's like. I feel like it's like a ludicrously unrealistic story, you know, that like doesn't really mirror a person's life. Like he becomes like a celebrity bartender and then like because his girlfriend breaks up with him, he like moves to Jamaica or something. Like I just, I just felt like it was just really, I felt like you couldn't stitch it together into like anything that is coherent. Now, as, as much 
I know we mocked the shit out of it on the episode itself, the idea of the celebrity bartender thing, but apparently that's actually, at least within a very limited community, a fucking thing. We, that, we, that is the thing. There are well-known bartenders that people go to the bars just to see them because they do all those bar tricks and stuff like that. And that actually is a thing. Yeah, I just don't think that it really like fit into like an overall narrative. And it yeah, didn't sure. feel like something where they were intentionally just trying to... You know, like there are some movies that are like really good that feel ambiguous, like there's not, you know, one single specific point they were trying to make because life is kind of messy. But like, that's not what this felt like. It just felt like completely disjointed from, I don't know, any kind of logic or continuity to me. Yeah. All right. Well, before I get on to my reasons for losing it, I do want to read a quick uh, subreddit simulator post. Go for it. Uh, oppressed victims of Reddit. Do you shit ass titty fuck bitch shit ass titty fuck bitch shit ass titty fuck bitch shit ass Bob Saget? Right, exactly. <laughs> and you listen to that, and you're like, okay, it starts out like a sentence, right? You could be fooled after watching the first 30 minutes of that movie. You could be fooled into thinking it was going to be a movie, right? And then the shit ass titty fuck part is when they're like throwing bottles everywhere, and you're like, this is hilarious. This is so funny. And then Bob Saget is surprising and weird at the end, like when he found TGI Fridays. But then when you think about it, you're just like, Wait, was that a sentence though? Like, was that? What was that? <laughs> what happened there? Thank you for proving his point, Mason. <laughs> no, yes. you're welcome. <laughs> no, I mean that was great, though. Shit, ass, shit, ass. Can uh, we just start a podcast where we just read subreddit simulators? <laughs> I would. I'd be okay with it. There's a podcast out there that is basically just reading posts off of "Am I an asshole?" Okay. <laughs> it makes me mad that I don't know that we didn't do that or something. <laughs> uh, we we could find a good subreddit for that. It's like there are many YouTube channels that are basically just like the voice, the person like reading off funny comments from Reddit, like literally, like it just highlights the comments. Oh, from you know what? You know what? We could do we could do a reaction podcast. You know, like people do reaction videos. We could just do uh-huh. reactions to different uh, sub different Reddit posts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Or we could do the cruisies because we're <laughs> right in the middle of it. <laughs> Sorry. I thought they were Sorry. the Tommies. Or the Tommies. It's whatever the listener decided. Tom Cruises? Sure. That way it's Tommy not Cruises. a good name now, but also it still doesn't make sense later. <laughs> good. You know what? I uh, like cruisies. I think it, it's part of our brand that it's not going to make sense if we go on to other actors. Yeah, we're yeah. just going to have to embrace that. Yeah. There we go. Um, I mean, my main my main reason for losing it is it's it's trying very hard to be, you know, a pretty standard 80s comedy, right? Uh, but I don't think it really even succeeds on that front. Um, yeah, so it's kind of boring too in a lot of spots, right? For yeah, a comedy, yeah. So you kind of have to take it like at that point. If it's not really that funny, you kind of have to look at the story. And the story is about okay, th- three kids going to lose their virginity in Tijuana, um, and and bring their and bring one of their uh, like child brothers along gross uh-huh and um how funny is it that they have these problems with these prostitutes uh gross uh-huh and well uh, sex work is okay yeah so, they sex were work. gross they were the gross ones yes yes the guys and but not window window was cool and like the the story the story ends up being almost god i don't even Horrifying. know how yeah, it's, it's it's horrifying Boring? in a lot of ways, but like stupid. I'm not even sure. Like going, going from there, it's okay. One guy, sexy. One guy learns. 
what does he learn? He learns that people in prison have a rough time, essentially. Maybe maybe don't be as much of an asshole. Maybe. Yeah, I think that he might learns, be what like, Spider really literal humility. Is. Like, there's people out there in the world who can just beat you up and punch you in the face. Yeah, we're just going to beat so the So don't shit be a dick to everybody. Or you'll get the shit. You know what? But so, once you let them beat the shit out of you, then later they will protect you. So maybe do be an <laughs> asshole to them. <laughs> So you're right. It's confusing. Th- that was confusing, but like, also, if the storyline there is d- maybe don't be an asshole to everybody, or you will get your shit kicked in. Maybe that's that's not necessarily the worst storyline to have. It's just that Spider has like no characterization to him, no help along the lines aside from him being a dick to his friends. Yeah. the The storyline that gets focused on the most, unfortunately, is one that is entirely centered around how funny date rape is. Hmm. Which, personally, I would say, hot take, not that funny. It really isn't that funny. Zero out of ten on the funny this probably is, that, uh, is that that hot of a take? Yeah, I think it's a hot take. Oh. This, this probably contributes to why we don't think this is a funny movie. Yeah, I don't, I don't But, like, it, do, it doesn't work as a comedy. The storyline really isn't that compelling. The one, the one bit of the storyline that is compelling, which is uh, Shelley Long's... Um, aspect of it where she's you know conflicted over her own relationship kind of gets thrown away to a oh women are just crazy and fickle kind of thing it's it's not satisfying on any level they just they just don't think that way Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah no it's it's not satisfying on any level (laughs) it doesn't work as the genre it's going for and yeah i don't know i i can't I can't think of any redeeming qualities for it, to be honest. Wendell was cool. It was the only redeeming quality. I don't think he was cool. I think Wendell was great. Uh, you know, I uh, I had agreed with you that losing it was the worst one, and both because you picked it and I don't want to rehash anything, and also uh-huh. because I've they're almost interchangeable to me. I'm going to say my worst is uh, is Endless Love. Okay. And uh, a, big, Endless love. a big thing with that is you know, what we were talking about earlier. I do think... While there was a lot of problems with losing it, I do think the acting was ever so slightly better overall okay. in losing it. And also, the first half of Endless Love is the most pointless, boring <laughs> bullshit. Oh, it really like is. the movie should have started an hour in. It should have started. It, really the, should have. it should have started the way the book started. Like it should have done like everything. And I know I harped on this in the episode itself, but it should have just done what the book did and started with the, the fucking house burning and flashbacked a few times. And no, they had to show multiple parties and underage sex scenes first. Actually, I think that probably the best way to do that movie would be if you started like at the the soccer scene, right, where he's getting the idea for the arson, and then we follow Tom Cruise's character home, and then he enlists <laughs> in the navy and becomes a pilot. Oh, okay. Well, he's, he he's got to go to Tijuana first. He, we've already we've already decided that losing it is canonically in universe a prequel. True. We're to, trying to fix this movie though, so he does that, but he okay. just talks about it. He just hand waves it for one sentence, sure, and then he becomes a vampire okay. <laughs> <laughs> after being a great fighter pilot. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm into it. Interview with the Top Gun. Well, safe to say all three of those movies were pretty fucking bad. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I'm pretty sure. I think I had Cocktail just above Losing Endless Love, but I do think the three that we landed on are my bottom three. Yeah. For sure. They're pretty bad. um, Although The Firm is making a case there. Making a case there. uh, Suck at the ringer. (laughs) Your opinions are bad. 
But uh, anyways, let's move on to our favorite films. Uh, we can do multiple here if y'all have multiple. I mean, options I here. I put in my top five. I might want to say no particular order on these. Mm-hmm. Um, no, fuck it. We'll we'll do my one through five. All right, number five, Outsiders. Okay, right. I thought it was a solid movie. Uh, Coppola, right? Yes. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola. I mean. Hard to go wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, Interview with a Vampire, number four. Mm-hmm. Number three, Born on the Fourth of July. Number two, Magnolia. Number one, Mission Impossible Goddamn Two. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And like I, I don't even mean that totally ironically because I think realis- realistically, out of all the movies we've watched, that's the one that I have the most fun with, and that's something I really value in movies. It's it's dumb. I understand why people don't like it, and I'm not going to hold it against anyone. But Literally see, anyone. You can have fun with movies, but they can also be good movies. They don't have to be. Yeah, but this category <laughs> does not say best Tom Cruise movies. It says favorite film. Fair enough. This is fair correct. Enough, fair enough. Yeah. I, 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 will, I will acknowledge that there's a difference between those two, but in this case, I think favorite. Yeah. I think clearly if, if one of Mason's favorites <laughs> is controversial impossible to, too. Yeah, yes. yeah and i i think i think too that it's just as as this all like if this was about like best whatever technically made movies and a number of different in a number of different categories in a number of different ways obviously it's not mission impossible too mm-hmm. the dialogue is terrible uh the action is absurd but like at the same time that's one of those things that make it Entertaining. That's one of those things that makes that's part of what makes it fun, in my mind. Would you feel better if I said I didn't want you to do this? Yes, much. Then feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I think the dialogue is perfect. So it's just that simple. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, okay, well, my top five did not include Mission Impossible Two. Uh, my number five is Boo. born. Born on. <laughs> <laughs> fuck, fuck you. Uh, my, number five is born on the Fourth of July to me. Uh, it was really good. I'm not like like super into everything that's in, happening in that movie. You know, like mm-hmm. I got a little bored of points, but Penis, overall Mom. I thought it was good. Uh, number four is Magnolia, which is 30 minutes longer than it needs to be, but I still truly love love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, number three was Interview. Uh, number three and two, depending on the day that you asked me, they could switch. Um, but number three right now is Interview with a Vampire, and the number two is The Outsiders. And the Outsider just continues, maybe because we saw that one theatrically, and I like was forced to not look at my phone and emotionally yeah. invest in the movie. But I was just blown away by how much I liked that movie. And also, it was it was really cool to see that one in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then number one for me was A Few Good Men, which I like because okay. I like I like a lot of Aaron Sorkin movies. I like his writing style. I like legal thrillers, and I like puzzle box movies. And I feel like this was all of those things with some good Jack Nicholson acting thrown in at the end. Oh there. yeah. Okay. Love just about everything Jack Nicholson's in. Yeah, well, at least I, that I've uh, seen. I have a very difficult time um, in ranking good movies in general without so just not, putting Top Gun five times. Well, there's that, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to give any particular order. I'm just going to say a few that I felt were particularly good. Magnolia was brought up from both of you guys. I thought that was. Uh, did you say Magnolia? I did. Okay, that was yeah. my number two. Yeah, Magnolia was very good. Um, it was even better the second time around. I think that was because I'd only seen it once before. Uh, and I think Paul Thomas Anderson movies really benefit from a second viewing. 
because uh, they are a little dense yeah. and a little i i appreciated it a little bit more this time now okay this is a question i've been meaning to ask forever is paul thomas anderson related to wes anderson no okay they're just i'm pretty okay i'm i don't think 99.9 sure last name. yeah that they have All a right. very common last name in anderson all right, now that's They're just fair. so happen to both be really great directors with very different styles. No, they, yeah, they do. Uh, I was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Tom, some, Cru- Tom Cruise should be in a Wes Anderson film. I don't know how, how well that would work, but... <laughs> he Listen, he he worked Edward Norton great in uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. That's true. Well, uh, another uh, good one, I'm, I, Top Gun. I mean, I've, I've said before that's that may be a nostalgia thing with me. That was my first tom cruise movie that was like my favorite movie for a long time when i was a little kid uh i still love it super quotable uh i like sure. the, i like the action scenes and maybe few and far between in that one the little i know yeah. andrew i think you said you're expecting more action when you saw it but yes yeah but you know the action scenes were good when they were there um never been a huge fan of the romance plot line but that may just okay. because i'm not a huge fan of kelly mcgillis but it had okay i will say i do want to come out uh this was one that was at least in contention for best soundtrack it does have it has a lot of damn good yeah it's got the two kenny Loggins songs mm-hmm. it's got great balls of fire it's got that berlin song the yeah. the, the yeah. song that they had during like the the love scene i i and take my breath, take my breath away yeah oh sorry <laughs> yeah, we're talking about thing. different love scenes that was the gay love scene <laughs> yeah take Wasn't my breath away <laughs> it was good it was, yeah. it was fun yeah. um top gun top gun's good for a lot of things i will I'm, I'm there with you on that just you know kids remember don't go join the navy just because you saw a cool movie well, Yvonne yeah. at niage Yvonne at niage <laughs> What are y'all doing? What is going on? It's a Simpsons bit. Have oh, okay. you ever seen that episode of Simpsons? No, I don't watch the Simpsons. They uh, keep watching this like video or commercial or something it's where it's all these like women that. dancing going, and later it turns out that that's join the Navy backwards. <laughs> oh. And it's subliminal <laughs> messaging making everybody want to join the Navy. Yes. Gotcha. All right. So let's see. I had Magnolia and Top Gun. Uh, a Few Good Men as well is up there. Okay. Uh, some pretty great acting, especially in that last courtroom scene. Uh, from both Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Uh, and Rain Man, I think I'll put on there as well. Like I've said, I've already said that I feel like Tom Cruise was very underrated in that one. It's probably one of his better acting roles. Um, and as a whole, it's a pretty solid film. Um, yeah, that's only four, but I'm going to stop there. Cool. I'm going to stop there. That's good. Yeah. Four is pretty good. Four out of five. 80%. Yeah. And I don't know which one of those I'd rank first or last or whatever uh probably magnolia and top gun are probably the top half and then the other two are below those but magnolia is very good yeah and yeah i, I understand i'm i'm alone in my thinking top gun is one of his best movies but i don't it's already fallen pretty low on y'all's lists and we're only yeah. halfway through and we haven't even yeah. gotten to some of arguably his best movies yet so i see what you like about it yeah. those are just not things that i usually look for in movies yeah so I understand somebody mm-hmm. loving Top Gun. If yeah. someone was like, Top Gun is my favorite movie, I'd be like, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I get it. Well, that's all the, uh, that's all the uh, cruisy awards we, okay, Mason's wait, pointing wait. at me. I was, I was sent I was sent a category that said best use of penis. That was and Andrew's Oh, yeah, bullshit. baby. <laughs> and? <laughs> oh, okay. So, wait, Donnie, are you saying we're not supposed to do this one? 
Go ahead, buddy. Born you... on the 4th of July. Very clearly. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Penis, mom. Penis, penis, penis. Well, I love listening to that episode, and we used it for everything. We used it for oh, the stinger yeah. and the, the intro, intro and quote, my quote. Your quote. <laughs> and then we used it for the stinger on the next episode. I'm pretty confident we used it for the stinger and two, like two different separate stingers there. So, yeah. <laughs> Fine. Best use of penis. I'm going to say the part where uh, Ron Howard made Tom Cruise actually be naked under that bowl and far and away to get a genuine reaction out of Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. There good. we go. Solid. Solid. We're going full in on this bullshit <laughs> category. I'm going to say the best so, use of penis was the little bit of penis that we saw in All the Right Moves. I, You know what? I, I'm Since there that for the that, too. the only literal penis that we saw in these movies. And now by the logic of award shows, because this came last, it was the most important category woo beautiful it's beautiful man <laughs> it's good 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 quote callback right there yeah uh, oh god no one mentioned taps at all this episode <laughs> i thought about doing it i thought about doing it for best quote the, it's beautiful man yeah. it's beautiful because you know, that's yeah but i don't know it taps is it was good but yeah. it was kind of middle of the road for me so far it's probably going to be closer to the bottom once we get through all the rest of them, but yeah. I'm just thinking, um, I was just thinking, like we've actually mentioned just about every other movie that that we've watched so far, but yeah. no taps. Yeah. Uh, all right, should I do our uh, overall yeah. percentages that we're at so far? Yeah, let's see. Let's see how we're doing on our yeah. on our checklists. I mentioned this a few episodes ago, and I think I. T- ended up uh sorry i must have made an executive decision somewhere there's at least one that we didn't decide on that i originally just took out totally like i said we couldn't decide and i think i eventually just changed that to a no Hmm. um because my thought is if it's a uh if it's a tie then it probably didn't pass a test (laughs) um but this may be a little off depending on how you consider that um so anyway uh first test is the bechdel test uh two women uh, 60, 65% of these movies have two women had two women. Holy two, shit. Two, two named female. Well, no, or no, it's just no, two it's women. Just two women. Okay. Two women. So, That's and I, impressive. I think to be clear, we're not counting background characters. Yeah. Like, like I if think you literally just see someone in the background. That doesn't count. Gotcha. I think like they have to actually be characters. They have to have at least a line of dialogue. I would assume. Yeah, or at least be like, I guess what you call like a spear carrier on stage where they're at least like part of the narrative and they're not just like an extra. You know? Yeah. Um, okay, so 55% were named. Okay. okay. Um, well, all right, so so that's, we're, you're losing only 10% and the numbers are the numbers are already very low, mm-hmm. but you're losing only 10% on the named. 30% talk to each other. Oh, right. no. 20% uh, talk about something that is not a man. Okay. So 20% of the films we have watched have fully passed the Bechdel test. One out yep. of five. Which is way less than the average. Um, I imagine the average is being brought up by the fact that many, many more movies pass the Bechdel test these days. Yeah, I think well, so. Well, that's, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking back in the 80s, you know? Yeah, I'm thinking, the per, I'm thinking the percentages on all these tests are going to go up when you if we isolate the second half from the first half. Because uh, I can already think of several movies in the, fir- in the next upcoming movies that are going to pass at least the Bechdel test, if not maybe the others. But yeah, yeah. Um, the sexy lamp test uh, fared the best out of any of our. If you only count this as three tests, it was mm. the best. Um, so forty-seven percent passed the sexy lamp test. Okay, still less than so, half, but, but still that's a solid percentage of at least the movies that you know have. When have named women characters, it's a solid mm-hmm. percentage that aren't. It's more than half of those, from the sound of that. Yeah, that yeah. aren't sexy lamps. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so f- 
15% passed the Makamori test. Um, so that's the lowest by far. Uh, women are which, still not getting a lot of good arcs in the movies. Which yeah. I will say, this is another thing that I think is going to get better with time. I feel like, you know, the closer we get to modern day, the more people are giving fully fleshed out character roles to female characters. I think that was a big problem back in the 80s, and which yeah. is where probably where these tests come from is... You know, back in the 80s and beforehand, you know, women were just kind of there to look pretty if they were there at all. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I will call back to like the first episode of the TV show Mission Impossible, where the the only woman who's an agent, uh, her specialty, because every every character in there had their specialty. Her specialty was and I quote, uh, just doing what comes naturally. (laughs) <laughs> which was apparently flirting and being sexy. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, and then if you look at, this is actually, um, I guess this is just evidence that the Makamori test is the hardest one uh, by far to pass because uh, 15% passed it and only 14% of the movies, which is only two of the movies we did, um, passed all of the tests. All right. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if you pass the Makamori, you're most likely going to pass the other two, is what I'm guessing. There's only 1% discrepancy there. So. Yeah, because if you pass the Makamori, you're not going to be a sexy lamp. Sure. And then your only problem, and it must have been one of these movies that or, didn't pass, or other it, that it, had Makamori, but it didn't pass the others. Or it's something probably like, like a fully fleshed out character, but that was the only female character in the movie or something like that. I'm, probably. I'm, uh, I'm trying to think what one that it, would be. Interview with a Vampire. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. It, it didn't see, fully pass the Bechtel test, but... Kirsten Nunes' character was clearly not a sexy lamp and passed the Makamori test, so. Yeah, right. And, I mean, the thing with Makamori, too, like, I think we've talked about this on a few episodes where, like, it's not a huge deal, depend- like, depending on the story you're trying to tell, if it doesn't necessarily make sense for one character, like, if especially if it's a movie focused on one or two characters, mm-hmm. you may, like, those one or two characters may not be a woman, so they're not going to get their whole, like, fully like entirely separate storyline. Yeah. But like when that's a trend and only 15% of movies can pass it, like that's, that's fucking weird. Yeah. Yep. Well, I've said before, I feel like the one and I, I guess it's kind of, I guess it's good that it's the one that was passed the most. I feel like the one that could really affect, I think has more of a correlation with whether the movie's good or bad or not is the sexy lamp test, which is not always true because I believe Rain Man failed the sexy lamp test and that's a good mm-hmm. movie. And the only reason it did is because, you know, you're focused on two brothers and while it had female characters, they brothers. were, yeah. I'm glad he did it. Cause I was about to, <laughs> yeah. and you know, while they had female characters, they weren't really central to the plot and didn't really add that much to it. And you know, yeah, they could have been fleshed out a little bit more and done better, but it wasn't really that important to, how good that movie ended up being. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree that definitely on an individual level, this sexy lamp, I think is most important. If you're making a movie, you should try to pass that one because yeah. it lets you know that you're making good use of the characters that you have. Uh, but yeah, no, the Bechtel test is just, I think that's an interesting one because it, it, the trend is so bad. Like right now with these, you know, 20%, I think the overall trend is supposed to be something like 50%. Um, but it definitely highlights a bad trend. And then it, you know, invites you to ask the question like, what is the problem with that? Am I not greenlighting movies with stories about women? Am I it's not a, having, am I not hiring female directors and male directors yeah. are not caring enough about women to write them into movies or I know writers write movies, not directors, but sure. Yeah. But I'm interested in what well, they, it's probably a little bit of all the above. But like you, you say, yes, like writers write movies, but writers only get to write the movies that get funded. Right. Right. And, and 
this actually came up when we were talking when the few good men episode when we were talking about um there was an aaron sorkin uh there was something we were talking about um a producer asking aaron sorkin well you know if tom cruise and i've jesus i feel kind of bad now who was the female lead there demi moore yeah that one Mm -hmm. um asking why is Demi Moore here if like she and Tom Cruise aren't going to sleep together and probably my the only the only quote that I really truly like from Aaron Sorkin um but his whole essentially she's not like women aren't necessarily in the movie to have sex with Tom Cruise right they can do more than that yeah 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 and and to like, me, it's, it's it's a production issue on some level. I mean, yes, yeah, which, it's a direction issue. Yes, it's a writing issue. But like, it's also an issue of what gets funded. And yeah, which I don't, I don't even didn't even really feel a romantic plot line in that movie. I kind of did. They, they had some, like, I guess you could argue some sexual tension or something like that. But maybe. I didn't, I didn't feel like they ended up together at the end of the movie or anything. But um, no, that and that's still a problem today is really shoehorning in romance when there doesn't need to be one. I've brought mm-hmm. this up before, but Edge of Tomorrow, at the end of the movie, when Emily Blunt's character kisses Tom Cruise, narratively, that does not make sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. They just they, It would have made more sense if he had kissed her. It makes zero sense for her to kiss him. They just did it because they needed to give the romance plot arc some foothold or whatever, yeah. and it took what... Could have been almost pretty much a perfect movie in terms of, I don't know, just like, I mean, I, I a lot I, of things. Really. I, yeah, I absolutely love that movie. And that's the only problem I have with it. It's like, you, that was two seconds you could have just taken out of the movie and it would have made this movie so much better. It just, that, that killed it for me at the end there. Like that, it was just a disservice to her character. And it just shows that we're still struggling with these yeah. female character roles like you do, like well and like yeah and it's, I think it's that's so just obvious a, you can do it without it too right because like mad max was, fury yeah, road see i was about to bring up mad max yeah it it doesn't have that like any a, a lesser movie would have made furiosa and max bang yeah but like that didn't need to happen there was no reason for that to happen yeah and there was zero romance plot arc in that film yeah. and it was or or you know it was on like the flip pity, side of pity for the war boy and yeah yeah, yeah. like and I, max was a i'm sorry i'm sorry i keep cutting you off matt matt and max was a uh was a stand for a rifle yeah and that's about it <laughs> yeah no and I, I think that that's just kind of the consequence of you know not having representation at you know uh, uh different levels you know women who you know write in direct movies and who act in movies and you know having those roles um and because, who are production roles well yeah exactly and you know just because you end up getting kind of this flattened role where like when you do have women in movie like in movies you know you think of them as you know only like these really you know flattened roles or one-dimensional roles mm-hmm. um and it just creates a lot of bad you know like on the flip side of that you might have something i don't know it was probably a guy that directed this but you know something like mamma mia right that's like filled with women <laughs> yeah. and it's you know it's a musical and it's clearly marketed more towards women and it's still something that like makes a lot of money and it has a lot of romance but it's like about romance and it's playing to that crowd and it would be better to have more stuff like that where you have like lots of different kinds of movies being made and you don't have i keep going back to black panther like that's my favorite one because i'm just like yeah that was like you know something that a lot of people clearly for a long time had been like and we don't know if there's like an appetite for like a superhero movie that's like all about black people in a black cast and it's just like no there was a huge appetite for it and it made a billion dollars sure like you're just when you don't have these projects and these roles open people from different backgrounds you're just missing out on interesting stories that a lot of people would be interested in seeing 
Yeah. Well, it's like kind of, and this may be an exaggeration, but it's kind of like like the early days of trains where there were there were people who were, Mason were talking about trains uh, again listen, hashtag hor- train game i'm horny for trains look uh but no like pe- pe- there were legitimately people talking about how um essentially women's bodies were not designed to go at that speed and if women rode trains they just they would like explode or they <laughs> wait what <laughs> it, like, they it, thought women would explode it, on trains it, it wasn't that extreme it wasn't like like they would pop but like <laughs> right. they would they would suffer some severe medical problems <laughs> for going on trains that was like a legitimate oh, fucking man. thing and it's because you just like you a you have I mean, really, you have people who aren't so women shitty. doing all of this, like, who are dominating and very intentionally dominating this shit, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, good times. Anyway, yeah. my point is, I'm really looking forward to Little Women. It looks delightful, and I think <laughs> that I will cry, and also I will enjoy looking at Timothy Chalamet's face. And I think there are many women who will be right, right there with me. All right, well, let's get into a little bit, uh, just a little bit of an overview of, like, the box office to budget uh, Mm -hmm. standpoint. Um, We've watched 22 movies so far, and he's had two flops. So that's... Legend and Top Gun. Uh, You were right on one of those, and very wrong on the other. It's it's Legend and Losing It, right? Yes. And uh, Losing It was the... Endless Love wasn't a flop. Endless Love was based on a novel that a lot of people liked. No, Endless Love Love doubled its money. Mm -hmm. Not only did... Endless Love was based on a very well-loved novel... Which I also don't understand, but that's a different story. And then it, baboons. But it, yes, <laughs> as as part of that, it also had um, it also spawned a number one hit single. Losing it. Yes. Yes. Uh, but anyways, um, in terms of like budget to box office, the the lowest budgeted film we had was Losing It at seven million, and it only ended up making one point two five million. So. They didn't. It. I'm. It was a very low budget film. It was his most. It. It by far his lowest budgeted film, and did not do well at all. Um. Are we still doing the podcast? Or are y'all yeah, we're gonna, still we're still doing the podcast. Just champagne over here. Just popping some bubbly, yo. I'm over here being a champagne socialist. Yeah, champagne <laughs> for my fake. No, for a, my real friends and real pain for my sham friends. Am I right? Like Twelve dollar sham bottle of champagne socialist. Anyway, continue. Twelve-dollar <laughs> bottle of champagne, socialist, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Mason Kuzmich. I'm sorry. Let's let's. Uh, I'll start drinking just Manischewitz. Don't from apologize. Now on. You own that shit. That was a beautiful <laughs> turn of phrase. You done? You all done? Can what I go back to what I was doing? What are you talking about? I don't, yeah. I don't I was care talking, about this part. I was this is like the trivia about, part of the podcast, on, which I sorry. famously don't give a shit about. I, 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 I want to stop you giving us shit because you're the one who stopped saying what you were saying to talk about us drinking champagne. Because you were distracting me. Can I drink a little bit more of your champagne? Sure. It actually tastes a little good. Maybe I do like champagne. Do, do you, like, I can go get you a glass. No, no, just a sip, <laughs> just a sip. Just okay. A sip. Continue, just Donnie, a sip. I'm sorry. We're already over an hour for this podcast. I'm not sorry. You keep going. This is your fault. It's an award show. It's supposed to go long. Vamp, so I can enjoy this champagne. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's, if this is just coincidence or whatnot, but his lowest budget film also made the least amount of money, and his highest budgeted film made the most amount of money. The only film we've watched so far that had over a hundred uh over a hundred million dollar budget 
was also the highest grossing, which was Mission Impossible 2. Okay, yeah, which made uh, oh that had to have the highest budget. Yeah. All the motorcycle fighting and the listen, there's a reason that that one is the one that I had the most fun with. Yeah, mm. and uh, it, it made <laughs> it made five hundred and fifty million dollars, which is fuck yeah, which is the mm-hmm. highest one we've had. Uh, the other Mission Impossible movie was the second with four hundred and fifty, so it made a hundred million dollars more than the first one, despite the fact that I think most people consider the first one better. But you know. Yeah. John Woo, Tom Cruise, Mission Impossible is going to make you some money, which we'll oh, definitely see later on. Uh, spoiler alert: the last Mission Impossible is the highest grossing movie of all time. So, no, I, I which yeah, is I 100% pretty, believe that. Yeah, which is. Are you including American Made? I am including American Made. <laughs> that was a good uh, movie, though. Also, his other flop here was Legend, and I believe oh, that, that shouldn't one, have been a flop. It was be- it was just because the budget was so high at the time yeah. back when this was made. You know they had the big, the big sets and all that stuff, all the costume work and all that stuff. And oh god, yeah, yeah. it's back when you only had to pay a dime to go to the movies, and you still had enough left over to get a piece of butterscotch candy from uh, Mister Johnson's store on the way home. No malarkey. No malarkey. <laughs> No, I, I get that. Uh, we also had another one that wasn't a flop, but did not make a ton of money. It was Magnolia, which uh, we've all had as one of our favorite films here. But it is a very long film. Mm-hmm. It's an artistic film. Uh, I believe it's a $37 million budget, made $48 million, So not yeah. not a huge box office like you know, Blockbuster or anything like that. But sure. um, that just goes to show that you know the money you make is not... It's no, not necessarily correlation with how good the film is because we with all losing it. Yes, but yeah, with, with but, Legend and but with considering that Magnolia. Cocktail and Endless Love were both successful films, and we've all agreed that those are some of his worst films. Yeah, and then you have something like Legend, which some of us consider, which we all consider to be, you know, a fairly good film, and it's a, it was a horrible box office bomb. Mm-hmm. So, I, I will say probably not Tom's best role, but. Yeah, on on the whole, like that that movie worked on a lot of different levels. And again, Tim Curry is amazing in everything he's ever done. And if anyone shares with me something where Tim Curry is not great, I will find you and I will let you. I have a special set of skills, a very oh. particular set of skills. Do not try to tell like me what. That, what are those skills? I Can will, you name a few of them. I will get really mad at you on Twitter uh-huh. if you tell oh. me Tim Curry was bad at anything. Okay. okay. Send you some really mean gifts. But uh, I will say something that I've I've definitely noticed in the recent years is that um, just because a movie makes a lot of money in the box office does not mean it's a good movie. And it's actually, I think, a problem in our current time with cinema, stuff like that. Because if a movie like Suicide Squad makes that much money... Oscar-winning Suicide that Squad. That just shows studios that people are going to spend money on those movies and we're going to keep getting movies that bad. Okay, it's not. It won an Oscar though. You can't really say it's a bad movie. It won an Oscar for a bullshit category. Oh, Fuck wow. you, costume designers. Wow. Costume designers, I see you. You are valid. Okay, right? but like, I, it, 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 it's really prevalent with the shitty DC movies coming out with Batman v Superman, which was bad. Man of Steel, all that stuff was really not good, and they make so much money, and it just gives the studios, you know, room to make more of this, you know garbage movies and i i think it's a bad thing for cinema that people are spending money to go see these movies but and then you got all these movies that i consider to be some of the great ones that make no money because you know nobody i don't know there's a reason why i feel like a lot of people are saying that cinema's dying 
and Listen, theaters are dying. And stuff I, like I understand that. that you're mad that uh, Best Friends featuring Tommy Wiseau and Greg Sestero didn't make a ton of money. Best but like, Friends? Yes. That's not what I was saying uh, that's, at all. That, I know that is specifically your thing, Donnie. You know, I have you know, a serious I mean, thing to possible. talk about people, and then people fuck it up. People might be right that cinema's dying. Um, although, to be fair, I feel like a lot of times people say that about like just the concept of blockbusters in general more yeah. than anything else. But I don't know. I wonder if maybe it's just, you know, blockbusters have existed since the 80s. And I don't know. Maybe, maybe things started actually way before then, kind of. N- obviously not to the same level that they were. Uh, I think Star Wars is considered the beginning of blockbusters or maybe Jaws or something. Mm-hmm. I think I yeah. think there's one early that's con- maybe, maybe like proto-blockbuster, but not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it might just go in cycles because I think if you go to the 90s, you know, there's a lot of good stuff that we love that was going on in the 90s, right? And you had a lot of Tarantino and Soderbergh doing movies, but, um, you know, and other good directors that I can't think of right now. But then you also have like, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of like rom-coms happening, you know? Mm-hmm. And then and if you go back to like the 70s and stuff, you probably have a lot of like, I don't know, fucking Westerns or something that were making a lot of yeah. money that were not particularly good so i don't know maybe cinnamon's just always got some shitty stuff and yeah i don't know it's just like some good stuff going sure. on it's just like it's hard to say definitely the dc stuff was a lot of bad stuff but then they also made joker which you know hot take um i, I think was like pretty good compared to the other movies so. yeah yeah i mean i i think i think it's probably a problem it, it's kind of like the way the music industry works too like if you listen to the number one songs of any particular period most of them aren't really remembered that well aside from maybe like michael jackson and some madonna Donna. Right till I can't no more. Yeah, well, that one's gonna be remembered forever, but uh, deservedly so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like the music that people remember years later isn't like the number one hits or anything like that. It's always it, it's it's all almost always a lot of lesser known shit. Yeah, well, I mean, you you still remember some of the popular stuff. Like, no one will ever forget. uh, I want it that way, or. Um, I don't hit know. Hit me, baby, one more time. Yeah, hit me, baby. Uh, is a is a huge one that's gonna stick around. Um, like I said, Michael Jackson, and then you've got you know, gross. Well, okay, but he made some good music. Gross. Sure. Like I don't disagree. Well, I'm just not a fan think, of music. But I I, th- I think the same thing applies with movies, right? Like in the moment, things make a lot of money, and making a lot of money isn't necessarily based on how, whether or not it's good. It's whether or not people expect it to be good. That's why Jurassic World got a shitload of money. Yeah, well, I think it's just like oh, if I you look at that. if you look at blockbusters, and and maybe it just is. Maybe there were other movies that were really big blockbusters back in like the '80s that I just don't remember because I wasn't alive at the time, but. I feel like like the big blockbusters like Indiana Jones was a huge one and Star Wars was a huge one and those are actually like legitimately good movies and we have, you know, Suicide Squad. That was a blockbuster. So it's like, I don't know. It just feels like in terms of what's popular, I feel like the quality's gone down. But once again, that may just because I wasn't maybe I wasn't alive at the time. Maybe there was garbage movies that were still making a lot of money. Back maybe because yeah, like, only everything so- I'd heard about uh, everything I'd heard about Suicide Squad though when it came out, I didn't really hear any good word on Suicide Squad. Yeah, I made oh, a lot. I of, knew so many people, but it was Suicide okay, Squad. Maybe, maybe, maybe but it was I'm, like the third highest grossing film that year, and I think the only thing that beat it was I think that was the year Jurassic World came out, and there was a Marvel movie that came out that beat it. 
And well, again, it, it's it's about expectations, not necessarily about the reality of it. Yeah, and, and there there are two things I think that a lot of people bring up that, that may be true. I'm not sure. Um, and one is that movie sales in general have gone down. Maybe I feel like I hear people talk about that a lot. Is that movie? movies not as many people are seeing movies in theaters anymore which makes sense right there's a lot mm-hmm. more options for watching movies at home listen uh, i've got i've got a guy who lives in in my house who just like fills up i can just wait a few months and i've got yeah. the movie on the shelf there you go who's this oh. guy uh, i don't know i think there's a podcast about him though but okay but honestly there's actually a big thing about how people are saying that physical media is going to die which mm-hmm. I'm not okay with, obviously. I enjoy <laughs> owning the physical media. I enjoy having a shelf full of movies. But yeah. there's so many different, you know, with Voodoo and now, and, you know, I'm assuming Apple probably has ways to buy movies and stuff like that. But you yeah. can just buy digital copies of movies and have hard drives full of movies. And, yeah. you know, some people like that. Some people like not having the clutter in huge quotes, because I don't consider it clutter of having a bunch of movies around or stuff like that. But um, I'm kind of hoping that that doesn't happen. I'm kind of hoping that there, I mean, I know from, from being online and all the communities I'm in and stuff like that, like through Reddit and all that stuff, I know there's a ton of people out there that are like me who really enjoy having the physical copy. So I'm kind of hoping it, because there was that thing a few years ago when the Kindle came out that it was going to kill physical books. Oh, no fucking way. And it it didn't. And I'm hoping that it kind of is the same with movies as well. Honestly, I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, because hard drives die like well, yeah th- th- that. that's that's one of the big problems that i have is that hard drives die uh media like video games are like this too and i i'm so how the way donnie is with movies i'm a bit more with video games mm-hmm. um and i like having physical i've i've been more digital lately with video games too just because it's easier mm-hmm. but even so i like having physical copies of especially things that i really like um Specifically because, like, if I don't, that shit can go away. Game consoles crap out after a few years. Hard drives die, like, fucking that. And, like, so, um, there's also always the risk of something like, if if any of you know the story behind PT, which was, Mm -hmm. like, the playable teaser or whatever for, um, for the Silent Hills game, Kojima was supposed to make before he left Konami. Um, when he left, Konami pulled a bunch of their shit. And now you can't, like, that that teaser, mm-hmm. and like I said, playable teaser, it is, honestly, it's very short, but it's still one of the best horror games I've ever played. And it's very, it's, it's very short, but now... It's you can't get it anywhere. You can't get it online. You can't get it on the store. You can only have it if you've already downloaded it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's like a really, I think that's a really fucking precarious position for media to be in in general. Mm-hmm. If that ends up being the, the same way for anything, movies, books, um, video games, whatever. If there's no way to actually like buy physical copies, you're at a risk for losing things at any fucking moment. Yeah. All right, I'm going to be full of a couple of hot takes here. I have opposite opinions. Okay. Um, I do think that probably physical media is going to die out for movies. Um, I think that's the case because as of right now, um, the overwhelming majority of people that I know don't have any physical movies um, unless they're, like, really into movies. But if I think about, like, my family or my parents or, like, my friends and stuff, like, a lot of them, it's just, it's all streaming now. Or if you want to have it, 
you buy it on iTunes, you buy it on Amazon. Um, and like that, at least it's not a hard drive that might explode. But also with movies, I think we've seen the medium that movies get played on change several times already, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of people probably will move to either streaming or just owning digital stuff. Um, that is my personal prediction for the next 10 years. Um, let's see, what was my other one? It had something to do with that. I don't know. But yeah, no, I, I think that that'll be a difference with movies. Um, well, yeah. I hope you are wrong. Because <laughs> I, I hope there's always, always a market for people getting physical copies of movies like whether or not it ends up being where you can only order them online and stores aren't stocking physical movies yeah, or i mean i'm like sure it'd be possible to do that but like right now with like honestly i tried to buy a blu-ray player and i had like a surprisingly hard time mm-hmm. like doing that you know i just like went to like walmart and expected them to have one and they didn't really have mm-hmm. they had like a really shitty one that i could buy and then there was nothing else well that's just like uh, this but, but i think you'd be like vhs or something right now right where you can't you don't find that stuff in stores but if you really wanted vhs you could go buy it on Amazon or something. Yeah. From well, yeah, the thing with that though is they're not making new movies on VHSs. I'm just kind of right. hoping it's they keep making whether or not we switch entirely to 4K Blu-rays or they come out with another thing or whatever that we still have some way to get new movies on physical media because that's just that's something I enjoy doing and I I enjoy having shelves full of movies and I like the cover art on movies. Like I have all these steel books, these nice collector's edition stuff. And um, steel books are also one of the main reasons I would like these things to not die because steel books are beautiful. Yeah. Steel yeah. Books are pretty nice. So I think for, for like that sort of thing for, you know, being a collector, maybe the better analogy is like vinyl or something mm-hmm. like music's another example that like really good, the consumption of music has like radically changed mm-hmm. and nobody like, grows up listening to vinyl or listening to cds or even like downloading mp3s onto a device right like a lot of people do music streaming either on youtube or spotify or some other paid service like that and then for people who are like really into it you can like you can do the vinyl stuff right but that's like a well, yeah like that's like a hobby thing it's not the, uh, uh, the way that things are consumed on mass yeah with, i mean which uh... I'm in that music thing. I'm exactly like you said. The majority of the time I listen to music on Spotify. I have Spotify premium. Mm -hmm. That's how I enjoy the majority of my music. But if I really enjoy a band or a particular album, I do have a record player and I do have like, like 50 or 60 vinyl records because bands are still releasing new albums onto vinyl, which is something that came back like there was a period of time there when cds were the big thing nobody released anything on vinyl it was impossible to get anything on vinyl the only people who had vinyl were people who grew up when vinyl was the medium Mm -hmm. and then after and then it started to kind of get back in people were like oh i want more vinyl and bands started releasing all of their albums on vinyl so you can get almost any new like you can get the new taylor swift album on vinyl i saw that the other day like you can get (laughs) you can get ed sheeran on vinyl like all of these new people who never released music on vinyl because they're newer bands. They're now releasing all their stuff on vinyl because there's, there's a market for it. There's, yeah. there's still yeah. people who buy vinyls. And I'm interested to see if – I don't think CDs will last at all. I mean, I, I, know, they're, I, I know they're still releasing, but I think CDs will be replaced well, by the di- – I think the problem is that there can only really be with any particular form of media – there can really be only one physical medium at any given time. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing, and this may end up being something with with um 
with movies as well, but the reason why vinyl can stick around and CDs are going to die is because of the quality of the file. You have to compress something so much to put it onto the CD that the quality is going to be just the same, if not worse, than if you stream it. But right. with vinyl, you're actually imprinting the sound waves onto like a vinyl disc or whatever. It's actually it's what's called lossless quality. There's no loss of quality from the recording to the medium that you get with the cd so it's actually if you have the right sound equipment it's actually the best quality you'll ever hear music outside of hearing it live obviously but and i'm wondering if that's going to be the same like like i know there's 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 it's hard to find 4k streaming streams of movies and stuff online you know 4k downloads online so i'm wondering if everything's 8k soon yeah i'm wondering if like the 4k discs are going to stick around and everything else is going to die because that's going to be higher quality than the maybe like everything maybe the physical medium will start will stick around for movies like at the highest quality yeah and then like streaming will catch up to the highest quality but then the goal of the industry is essentially to get ahead of that and have the next highest quality ready for physical yeah and that that may be what it is and you know i do have i do have some hope for physical media with pl- stuff like the criterion collection and stuff like that. People right. who go back and make, take these older movies, or not even necessarily older movies, just movies they deem to be big cinematic movies, and they remaster them and repackage them in these nice packages with, you know, special special features and all that stuff. And I think stuff like that is kind of where it's going to go. Like, yeah, it may be kind of hard to find the you know MCU movies on physical media, but you're always going to be able to find the great, like the classics and yeah, the stuff yeah. that you I think it'll, really it'll, want to collect. And it'll stuff. still definitely be like a, like a collection. Of it. Yeah. It, Glad I'm, you brought that up. Cause I'm a, there was a, there's a criterion, um, released movie that I meant to order. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, thanks for letting us know that. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm doing that right now. Cool. Cool. Story. Criterion. Hey, thanks co- for criterion.com. Con- yeah. Thanks for continuing to let us know. Go to criterion, criterion.com. Give us money. Well, outside um, of that, do you have anything else? Andrew? I just want to say, I think that it'll be fun to see, uh, you have all kinds of like weird stuff going on with streaming now. And some of it, you know, like the Irishman, a lot of people think is going to be an Oscar contender for a movie. And it's like, dropping on netflix you have amazon studios making a lot of movies Mm -hmm. Uh, but honestly you have not that i think that this would replace going to the theater but um there's a lot of interesting like vr innovations Mm -hmm. and i wonder if one day you'll be able to like you know on opening night of star wars if you want to pay 20 bucks to like sit and watch it on your vr set you know and sit in your chair at home but it's it looks to you like you're in a big imax movie theater that'd be really Um, cool i wonder if that would be a thing that that happen, you know, if we really just see the medium start to change a lot in the future. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's all. That's all we have. Uh, join us next time when we watch Vanilla Sky. I'm Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm Donovan Bruce. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and check out our letterbox for Tom Cruise movie rankings and other general movie stuff. I'm Andrew Melt. Uh, for this and other podcasts that we may or may not publish one day, go to gcatsmedia.com. Uh, that is G as in, gosh, this was a long episode, catsmedia.com. One more time, that's gcatsmedia.com. And I'm Mason Kuzmich. If you like what we do, uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We will obviously release there if we do anything else, too. Um, but you can find us on Twitter at cruisinitpod. That's at C-R-U-I-S-I-N-I-T-P-O-D. And uh, Epstein didn't kill himself. Uh, or maybe he did. And if you don't like what we do, then fuck you. And you've been listening to Cruising It.
Whenever I think about that movie, I get a little bit grossed out because the one time that I watched it is when you were spending the night at my house and you filled my room with pizza farts. <laughs> my room smelled like pizza farts for like a week. You were a monster. <laughs> Don't give me pizza. You were a monster. I'm very gassy. Put you in a closed room and feed you half a pizza and then just let you go for 10 hours. Monster. <laughs> <laughs> And you kept commenting on it, but you never opened the door to give in some airflow. Because I don't like being in rooms with open doors. <laughs> it makes me feel uncomfortable for some reason. Anybody more else uncom- with me here? More uncomfortable than being hotboxed by pizza farts? Uh, yeah, apparently, yes. <laughs> <laughs> We've done the experiment. Yes, it does make me more uncomfortable oh, than Tuka that. Oh, Tuca woke up. He woke Tuca up. <gasps> no, my little rug is gone. 